Hello, and welcome to the podcast called Chat Club. There's only one role in Chat Club. Everybody talks about Chat Club. I'm your host, Alan Hilchey. The focus today will be on mental health and anxiety. Future podcasts are going to be centered around other subjects such as depression, suicide, grief, PTSD, bullying, dealing with poison workplaces, dealing with negative people in general, world issues, impact of mental health on everyday life, and I might even throw in some sport issues. Welcome, I'm Alan Hilton, and I'd like to start off by giving a little biography of myself. I've been 21 years in the industry of youth corrections. Uh, it's been quite a journey up to this point. Uh, this year will be my 20th year consecutively. Um, I got laid off for a year, then went back. So I want to start on anxiety, and I want to talk about my journey with anxiety and um, the different things that I've went through personally. Um, and I really hope that it helps you out. And make no mistake about it, um, it's not a bad thing that we have anxiety in the world. Um, because it's just a normal part of life. And I think that the more that we become attuned to it and the more that it's okay, the more people will get help, the more people will look at each other and try to help each other. And this is why I'm doing this podcast, is to pay forward. I think my experiences can help out maybe other people that are dealing with anxiety and maybe look at different ways and helping them cope. Um, maybe go get some help. Um, Maybe, you know, just to listen and, you know, to experience it with me on the podcast and say, hey, I'm going through the same thing as this guy. Or, you know, that's similar. Um, Well, anyway, I'm going to get into it because I only have a little bit of time, right? (laughs) Anyway, I basically started in 1999. Um, I originally started in 98, but I come to 99. We laid off for a year, then I went back in 99. So this year, I will be 20 years consecutively on youth corrections. Now, in our institution, we've had different number of clients. We've had youth, we've had men, we've had adult women, youth women, youth, you know, children from seven down. It would be from 12 to 17 inclusive, but we also had adult men and women. So... We had different stresses. Um, being flexible at my job was, is the number one thing. So I want to start about approximately 15 years ago. I started to go through the door, and this is when the youth were there. Uh, it was a very, very new place, so the stressors are very high. A lot of new staff. Uh, you, you, you know, you're dealing with a lot of things. Uh, there was a lot of self-harm. There was a lot of, uh, you know, assaults on staff. There was a lot of codes, emergency response, traumatic events, a lot of those happened in my early years, Um, stuff that a normal person does not see every day, which I do, which is kind of um, why corrections is looked upon as differently. Um, People look at it, look down on correctional officers, they really shouldn't. Here's why. Um, We deal with a lot of people, we correct them. We try to do it the right way. And like every organization, I mean, you always see the bad. Always the bad comes out, but you never see the good things that happen. I've seen people change lives. I've seen, you know, clients come out and 
go there and then come out and be very good in their life and have a good life and have kids and and then I've seen both sides and you know we try to help we absolutely do that's our job and always no matter what organization um, the publicly gets viewed it's always looked upon you always look at the bad things you always look at oh look at that person did but you don't look at the you know the countless times that we talk to clients the the times that we sit down and we have you know conversations and plant little seeds and, and essentially that's what we do i'm not going to get much into this because that's not what this is about uh so i get into corrections um so i started about 15 years ago i started to get this real pit feeling in my stomach and uh, the best way to describe it for me was that you're in junior high and you see the girl or boy of your dreams and you just start, the butterflies start going in the pit in your stomach 100% that's what I felt definitely with no girl or a boy on the other side of the door um, but that's what I felt um, and I just it was such a feeling an overwhelming feeling it, it just it would almost paralyze me when I come to the door and we have locked doors and then you hear the door go it really really intimidating and I would take two or three breaths and I'd get myself centered and get myself ready and get ready to jump in through that door and get ready for work. And I had to leave everything behind and focus on what was going to happen. My biggest anxiety was what was going to happen today. How many codes or who's going to do why or what. There's so many things running through your head. So I went through the door. But the time that I went through corrections, and a lot of people did at this time, was you never showed your weakness. Um, weakness was one of the things you couldn't show in corrections. You had to show that you were strong. Uh, the clients had to see you very, very strong, never weak. They'd prey on you because if you were weak, then you know they would do, you know, say things or try to tease you or, or whatnot. You had to have that, and your coworkers kind of expected that too. There was an expectation that it's the same thing as a boy falling off the bike, and you know skinning his knee and he's got to get up shake it off and you know you're a boy you don't cry you don't show your emotions and that's exactly what corrections was at that time period of time it's only recent in the last few years that that it's come to the forefront that correctional officers are getting ptsd they're getting severe anxiety they're getting a lot of mental health issues so went through the door um this happened and then for some reason I just seemed to be a normal part of life, and the anxiety went down. Started to learn to find other ways. I don't know if it was because I was playing baseball or whatnot. Something took my mind away from it for a while. So about four years ago, I'll say approximately because I'm not real sure, I was sitting in the gym, and I started to take these uh, flashes, and I started to shake uncontrollably really scared me and you know um, I'm not scared to say that a few tears did trickle down my, my face and I was at the doing pulls you know and, and I started to shake and a couple tears come out and, and I flashbacks like just the flashes of blood or whatever happened or I'm not real sure because it was so quick just flashes and started to you know and I knew there was something wrong and I had to go get help um in our line of work, we're kind of lucky because we have an EAP assistance program. 
uh, assistance employee program. Um, we do have free sessions to help us out. So I took advantage of it um, to see this. And I'm not real proud and pressed the first time because it was a social worker. Um, didn't have any idea where I come from, what I worked or what I dealt with. Just sat there with a pen, pencil and paper and jotted notes and that was about it. Uh, during these sessions, I kind of talked. I almost did my own therapy. I talked about it, reasoned it. Uh, why was I angry? How come I was what I was? And I kind of reasoned it out, and I don't know if I just did that just to get through the process because this, you know, this person that they sent to me was not specialized in what I needed specifically, which is another issue all in itself in society is having the specialized people to deal with these certain issues that people have, and I had anxiety and. I might have had some flashbacks, which could be post-traumatic stress. Not real sure. So I went through this motions, and I got through it. And approximately, probably two, two and a half years ago, I got assaulted by one of the clients, which I hurt my shoulder. I went out for a period of time. I was angry, frustrated, very angry that it happened because we got... Um, <laughs> I'm not going to get into why, but because it, it's a uniform issue, um, I'm not going to get into that because that just, there's no sense complaining about something I have to wear. So anyway, I basically, a uh, couple weeks went away and finally got a call and something was set up with a familiar person that I knew, which really helped me out because... The comfort level is I needed somebody to hear me. I needed somebody to validate my feelings. I needed somebody to validate what what I was going through because I felt alone. I felt depressed. I felt that uh, people were looking at me differently, like almost like a paranoid, but not paranoid. Uh, what, what are they saying at me at work? You know, just different things that go through and run through your head because you have time and you just sit there and you're stewing. That's the number one problem I have with this is when issues happen, there has to be the help right away. And a high percentage of people that get help through traumatic incidents uh, helps them out a lot quicker, obviously, because it doesn't stand, like, they get their feelings out there and whatnot. And that's a whole other issue. They, you know, they need to get help quicker. I think they're working on it. I hope so. In any institution, that, that should be the for, first and foremost is, uh, you know, helping out your employees. So I went to the psychologist. Uh, I knew him because he worked at the institution. He worked with the clients. So he knew the environment I was in. He knew what stresses I had, which made it very easy for me to, you know, to come out of my shell and talk about it. Never been a guy to talk about my feelings because... Like I said, you grew up in corrections and type of environment I, I grew up in was, you know, don't tell everyone what's going on because, you know, it really doesn't matter. Well, it does matter to me now, now that I hear all this stuff and I see all this stuff. So I talked to him, went through a few sessions. I started to feel a lot better because um, he could validate everything. And, you know, he sat there and we had a conversation. It wasn't me talking to him and him listening and him trying to, you know, hey, you know, uh, let's 
you know. But the biggest thing about this whole thing about, you know, this interaction with myself and the psychologist was I felt so validated. I felt like a weight was lifted. Like It felt like I was carrying the whole world on my shoulders because it was my personal world. And it felt so good to come out. It felt so good to release the stress, release everything. And boys, I'll tell you, it's done me a world of good. So he went in, we did a few sessions. We come back and we look at uh, doing a test. So I did a test. I would probably say that it was a PTSD test or, you know, something along with mental illness test or something for, you know, first responders. I'm not real sure. Not sure what kind of a test it was. I did it. Uh, not going to lie to you. I did probably fudge a couple of the questions. Like, depression was a part of it, but I didn't want to get down that road. I knew... Uh, I was feeling better and I knew it. Maybe I shouldn't have. Maybe it'll come back to bite me in the butt. I don't know. But the thing is, I did the test. Um, the next week we come back. We had a, a, a good talk about it. And he, he, you know, he told me, he said, you know, you're on the bubble. The bubble and the border is right there and you're hovering on it. And I felt kind of relieved that I didn't have PTSD because I've seen and heard and watched people I know a few uh, people that have it. It's not a good thing to have. It's it's very crippling to the person. And not crippling to other people because they don't have it. But I look at it and he said, you know, you're burnt out. Uh, makes sense. Burnt out 20 years to the grind, working the floor, never doing, you know, not doing a lot outside of the unit and just being on the unit. Uh, yeah, I can see that happening. So... When I get into talking to him a little bit more, um, it, I felt so much better. So that year I started to go to a gradual work, uh, gradually work back. Uh, when I first got into my workplace, boys, I'm telling you, my anxiety was through the roof. And I think it was just because I hadn't seen the place and boom, there I go. And, you know, I started to see, you know, the kids that were, you know, part of the problem because they were still there and they were part of the incident still see them um, but I get into it and gradually got myself in I didn't go to the unit right away didn't feel comfortable so I had, they had other jobs for me to do so I went into a four week for a couple weeks then a six hour then an eight hour then a ten and then I went back to twelves and then I started back on the unit now for me today in the last two years has probably been the most positive that I have ever been in my entire life at my workplace. And don't get me wrong, there's times where you get upset and there's times that's, you know, it, it doesn't go good. But at the end of the day, I felt better. And my story is, it goes further. It gets so much further into, all right, so I go back to work and people start asking me questions. I know some people that are not feeling the very best. You can see it on their face. But I let them come to me and approach me. And I openly talked about it in my whole experience. I never pulled the punch. I said, this is, this is what happened. This is my symptoms. And this is what happened. And I'll tell you something. Because I started talking about it. 
because I started saying about certain things that triggered other people and they looked at me and they were just, you know what, I feel the same thing. You know what, that exact same feelings and all that emotions, I'm feeling it. I looked at them and I said, go get help because it's there and do it. Because whether you come back to the job or not, or whether you don't, do or don't, it's a matter of getting your head on straight and making your life better. Because that's what it's about. It is about getting a better life, being stable, being, you know, knowing your triggers, knowing a lot of different things, and being happy. I'm so much more happier at my workplace now than I was three, eight, and ten years ago. And people, I'm not sure if my workplace, if they notice it, but if I see new people, I'm a new, a new person, I look at them and I say, hey, hi, how you doing? Very, very, not bubbly, but very outgoing. Uh, and I used to, you know, kind of subject myself to, you know, finding my own path, my own group of people. And you know what? I'm trying to be the positive one, Mark. Um, I'm trying to instill another thing in my place, workplace, that I think hopefully will help. Um, I did a proposal that I'm trying to do, and it's totally about uh, peer support worker. Um, and this peer support worker is a person that they can go to. And in our shift, I wanted a male and a female. So we have four shifts, so there's eight people. But I don't want to limit it to the two people on their shift. I want them to be able to go to someone when they feel comfortable. And, then, and this could be the issues of mental health issues. It could be anything. It's just that, you know, that experienced person that might have went through it to help them out. And I think it's important in our workplace that we take care of each other. And even in life and in general life. I mean, I've had people come to me and say, are you okay? You know what? And, and you know what? That really validates people when you say, how are things going? How are you doing? How's your life? Inspire them, you know, inspire. That, that's what I'm trying to do. Inspire people to be better, to be more positive, to be, live a better life. So when I, when I really think about the whole thing about, you know, anxiety, and I, and I touch on it a lot in my, in my biography and myself, is I felt alone and I felt very unproductive and I didn't feel that, you know, I was doing anything or going anywhere and I felt very upset and angry because things weren't going my way. But you are the only person that's got to make it right. You're the one that's got to take the baby steps or the big steps, you know, to do, to correct what's going on because if you don't, you're going to lead into better, more issues. It could be alcohol, it could be drugs, it could be, you know, gambling away certain things to take your mind off things. Um, I'm starting to go to the gym. I'm starting to get at the house more. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm trying to be more active, and I'm telling you. Um, another story somebody told me the other week. I was talking to someone, and we're talking about the exact same thing. I was talking about my podcast. I was talking about what I was going to do, and we got into it, and he talked to me, and he said, you know, he said, three years ago, he said, uh, what did you do differently that you didn't do before? Why did you get through that time and all of a sudden, at that point of time, did that happen? 
the, you know, that experience? Why did you get so anxious? And what, you know, and I, I sat back and thought about it and it was baseball. I played baseball nonstop. Uh, it was my everything in the summer. And, you know, I, it helped me through the winter and because it was always something to look forward to. You know, I played the summer and then I looked, come in the winter, you know, you get, you know, you hit February and you're like, oh my God, baseball is coming, baseball is coming. Yes. And that was my thing. Absolutely. So make sure you look at the things that you're not doing and what has changed in your life pattern. Have you, are you not doing something that you've done before? Have you, you know, is there something different? And you have to look at all that stuff. But you know what? Anxiety is the new norm. And it's stigma that's going away because there's professional hockey players that have anxiety. There's celebrities. There's numerous people that have anxiety or mental health issues. And the stigma is going away because it's not the rotten kidder in the litter. It's the person needs help because it's just the way life is. We get stresses. We, you know, we, we deal with it in different different ways. I used to decompartmentalize things and push it off and it built up and my wall burst down. My wall come down. That's what happened. You can only do it so long. But go seek help because it's there. Look for it. I mean, there's there's uh, there's different groups. There's peer groups uh, for PTSD and anxiety out there. In every city, there's got to be. I know there's some where I am. I know there's a Wings of Change. Uh, and it's a beautiful group where PTSD or people that have mental illnesses can sit down and they can talk about their issues. And, you know, you know, almost like AA, you almost have like a sponsor, someone that, you know, you can relate to, someone that you can talk to. Because sometimes their spouses don't understand and, that, and that's okay because they don't understand and we don't understand their work. But, you know, when you get somebody that can calm and calm and ground with you, you know, you can explain yourself and, you know, you can validate how you're feeling. And, you know, at the end of the day, these people here might have some coping mechanisms that might help you out. And you might do the same. You know, it feeds my soul when I, when I can help people. It really does. I, I do some charities and when I see stuff happen, it really, it feeds my soul. It makes me feel very good, you know, and I try to... I try to emulate that on my life is to be an inspiration. Try to be somebody that, you know, everybody can say, you know what? He's trying to help people. Well, I'm not saying I'm the best. Absolutely not. I'm trying like everyone else, but I'm putting my foot, foot forward, sharing my experiences, sharing my failures, sharing my successes to people because at the end of the day, these people might you might have similar similar situations and they might they may have a route to go that they never even thought of. So I'm just gonna end this podcast by just throwing some stats out. I know I was looking on the National Post and you know thirty percent thirty four percent of men and forty seven percent of women strongly or somewhat agree. I consider myself someone who struggles with anxiety every day. That's pretty significant. Among those 30 and under, 71% of females being reported anxious versus 53% of men being anxious. 
And then among 18 to 29-year-olds, 63% reported having anxiety. But I think what it really comes down to, people, is the adult women and males don't want to come forward. But I think that number's higher. I think all the numbers are probably higher. I know in the new society, and I know that younger people are very, they don't come out and say it. I, you know, they'll, they'll sell their, say their feelings right out. Not a bad thing. But I just, for the, you know, for the closing of this podcast, I just want to really simplify it. If you have these feelings, go get help. I can't stress it enough. If you're having one of those days, get up off the couch, go outside, breathe the fresh air, just take some deep breaths, look at the sun, look at, you know, hopefully in the summer is where we are, in the winter it's not going to be so much. But try to get, try to look at the positive things in your life. Start, you know, pros and cons, what you need to fix. Write it down on a piece of paper. Figure out what you need to do. Get the steps that you need. Get the help. There's lots of information online. I know every hospital has brochures. You know what? Take a brochure. Who cares? You going to meet those people? No, absolutely not. Take care of yourself, people. That was what I'm stressing. Take care of yourself. Do the first step. Do the second step. Get the help. Because people out there are willing to help. They train their whole life to help. I just wish there was more resources for people that struggle. But again, that's another issue for another day when it comes to resources. Anyway, I'm Alan Milch, your host. Thanks for listening to Chat Club. Until next time, thanks for listening.